Ooh, and we just modified my life and you don't even know it. All right. So I'm going to jump in because you, you asked about it. So I think, you know, healthy food choices start, you know, I, I think of, you know, a newborn, right? And you have the choice of breastfeeding or you have the choice of some formula with something in it, right? We don't really know all that's in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it would require, you know, when you're younger, you know, the adults in your life making those choices for you and making the proper choices. And so, you know, generationally, if, if, if you know, if all it was about was, you know, junk and processed foods, then it, it goes on and, and it continues. And so um, I, I feel like it's never necessarily um, too late, but for some it is, you know, um, and I think, you know, sometimes the damage has been done, but it doesn't mean like, well, the damage is done. So whatever, I'm just going to continue on, you know, it's never in that sense, to me, it's never too late. Um, I think, you know, healthy food choices, it's important at, at any age. And for me, you know, I started at later on in my age, I, you know, in my thirties, I'm no longer, you know, wow, I'm no longer in my thirties. Um, but oh, what? Shame. I know, right? Um, However, you know, I think when it comes to making healthy food choices too, we need to talk about some of the other issues, access to it, right? And so that's a major thing. And for for most people, you know, if you think about the black and brown community, not all, but some access to healthier foods is not that, you know, accessible to them. You know, if you walk into the grocery stores or certain grocery stores, they have, um, for me, it was, okay, the grocery store in Yonkers, stocks different food than the grocery store in Scarsdale. Okay. And so certain things, again, is the access. And um, um, as DeAndre said, also just being informed and being educated, look at, you know, sometimes I was just saying this to a friend, she's like, oh my God, this says um, plant-based and automatically think in her head, it must be healthy. (laughs) Absolutely not. Do you see how much sugar is in this stuff? Or do you see how many carbs? What is this? I can't even pronounce this. And so again, it's about you know, also being educated. Um, it took me a very, very long time to really get used to this plant-based stuff. And um, I started off as, you know, just raw, uh, raw vegan. And of course, I once I learned about the other, you know, unhealthy stuff, I was like, Ooh, chocolate cake is vegan. It must be good. You know, it's, it's not healthy, but, you know, that's my little treat. Uh, but again, you know, I think about the, the kids in the school and, and the school lunch that's provided. And I think about the kids that go home and the foods that they eat and the food that they have access to. Um, and the cheapest foods are not the healthiest foods. You know, some people say, well, damn, you know, being plant-based, it must be so expensive. Not necessarily. I know where to go to get my fruits. I know where to go to get my veggies. But, you know, for some, it, it is. Healthier foods are expensive, you know. And so it's easier to go buy the Hungry Man TV dinner, and it's easy to go buy, you know, the the full 100% cow pus milk, sorry, I have to say it, but, you know, it is what it is, and it's, and it's cheaper opposed to the, getting the almond milk. Not saying that it's, you know, also, you know, healthier than the, the cow's milk, because if you look at the label in the almond milk, they have all these different additives that are in the milk. Um, one surprise to me was, you know, looking at the kids and them eating and looking at the little you know, um, milk. And I was like, wow, there's 13 grams of sugar in this. No wonder they're off the hook after lunch, you know? And so, um, again, it's, it, to me, 
when I think about it, you know, it's all about access and our perception of what healthy foods are and just educating folks about, you know, what are healthy foods, what does that look like and helping them to understand, you know, if, the chemistry of it all. And, you know, this turns into fats and this, you know, if you, if you don't burn these carbs, you don't burn the sugar, it converts into this and that. And sometimes it's not easy for people to understand that and just try to, you know, again, we have to, we have to think about access. We have to think about education when it comes to that. I'd like to, um, I'd just like to jump in real quick on that. Um, That's perfect because I was just up. about to ask you about it too. <laughs> so she says, she said access and um, yes, it's very important that we kind of just have this particular discussion. Um, I, growing up, if you are in it from the inner city, there's a corner store on every corner, yeah. right? Um, I know for me growing up, it was, you know, if you had, I had $2, you can go get a whole, a uh, quarter water, bag of chips, you go get maybe a donut and some whatever candy you want. And, still have and you would, you, you know, and you would be good. Now, at the time, you know, we go out and might go play basketball and everything, burn it all off. And then, you know, you go home, whatever, you know, that's, that's totally different. But we still have the corner stores. Now, I go into a corner store, you know, you're only going to get processed food. Mm -hmm. You know, you're going to get it, you know, turkey, whatever, turkey, ham, whatever they have in there. Um, when it goes down to uh, any of your your oils, you know, you're not going to be able to get an olive oil. You're only going to get the canola. Right. Mm -hmm. You're, you know, um, Western. I mean, Western. I mean, the chips are off the hook. You know, you can, that's like the first thing you see when you walk into a store is a bag of chips and they got the big display of all the candies and, and, you know, then they have the, the cooler, right. Full of all the ice cream and everything. So it's just sugar, sugar, sugar. And we're just going to set you up to fail. Right. You gotta so go that's way the access, the right. That's the access. That's the hood <laughs> health. Right. And, and so, um, you know, when my mother uh, in the early in the early '80s, was actually a part of um, in Brooklyn uh, a co-op. Right, it was the health and food co-op, but you had to pay into it. However, going there, you were able to to have access to all the healthy foods, things that were coming from the garden community gardens that people would 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 sell to the store and you could buy it was nothing processed um before we had all these uh beyond meats there was you know a hot dog would be called a not dog and they would have like you know the picture of a dog with the the cross through it and that was a not dog you know they had fake and bacon you know phony baloney they had all these terms that just let you know this is not meat right um, it's plant-based, but this is going back into the 80s. And now, you know, you've moved forward, you know, three, four decades. And now you see, like, this is this lifestyle. There's been a shift, right? There's um, community gardens that are starting to pop up. People are starting to go back to growing their own food. Yep. Right. And that like that leads to the nutritional part of it. I know what I'm putting in my body because I'm growing it, you know, um, instead of relying on whatever corporation, you know, is putting out the new fad um, for you to, to to buy into because they inundate you with so many commercials and show a happy couple running around. And because they just ate something, you know, this is good for you. And so we get 
so it's it's access and there's conditioning and we have to kind of work between these two things that they're doing to us as a whole and kind of find where where it is that we now it's going to benefit us and i think this forum is like one of those things right um deandre has spoke about uh, about the college aspect of it and i also play college ball we, we had a strength and conditioning coach, but we didn't have a nutritional coach, right? We didn't have that. It was go to the calf and whatever the calf was serving, you're, that's, what you, that's your nutrition. And mm-hmm. if you didn't have any understanding of what was good for you, you know, all right, just make sure you perform on the field, right? We don't want to hear your stomach hurts, you know? Um, and so I think now there's been shifts on many levels that you know people are starting to come around and they're starting to get old those are that are getting older are starting to say hey look my child doesn't need to eat this you know my child my child is smelling but what did he eat he or she eat well it's coming out of their pores right it's whatever they ate so i just think that that's where the shift is and and i'm happy to be a part of this particular conversation all right uh thank you for that uh i think oh man did it just mute everybody wow that's that's great so what the next part of this is actually part it's still in the same um why do we why is healthy food choices important but i also want to go into the generational thing that we have been bringing up christine can you can you give us something about that? Because you're changing the community. At least that's what Frank says. And it seems like you want to. You're changing the community. How are you catching people in these different generations from the youngest that Shillian's working with to the mid mm, kind of ish my age and then the olders? How are you helping them grow into a healthier lifestyle? Yeah, that is a... Um, so again, right, like this is going to be, um, individualized, but what I try, someone mentioned it earlier, what I try to get across, um, I do this work because I like to encourage people and I like people to, to, um, recognize that they can do something that they never thought they could before. Somebody mentioned that earlier. Mm -hmm. Um, and it just so happens that it it typically happens through this medium of nutrition and dietetics, or it might happen through fitness. Um, and I honestly generally uh, think that people really are really want to <laughs> to be well. They want to eat well, um, and it takes time. It really takes time for people to understand why is this important to me? Why do I wanna make this change? They know they wanna make this change, but what is their why? What is that why that's gonna help to sustain them? You know, when they feel like they ate a piece of cake and now, oh, everything's bad. You know, it's like, that's not the way to think about it, right? Um, So from the youngest to the oldest, even with my own family, I could say um, is, trying to incorporate those things from an earlier, from an earlier age. I grew up in a Caribbean 
family. So on our dinner plates, we always had some kind of vegetables. It was not a foreign thing. <laughs> it was not a, a weird or foreign thing. Vegetables on the plate, a nice, good, hot meal, um, you know, and, and so wanting me wanting to um, continue to share that with my family, but also trying to help them, even the younger ones, try to help them understand why, right? Like, why does this, what is this vegetable doing? And my, my, my nephews have asked me like, what is it, what if, what if I eat this vegetable, what is it gonna do? You know, and explaining what the fiber does when you eat it and what's happening in the body. And if you wanna be an athlete, how does that work? You know, how does that work for you? And how is that relevant for him? You know, to have energy and to, you know, to build his muscle and to be strong and to. Hey, what's up y'all, it's Malachi. And this is Alejandra. And you're sitting on the couch and your life is passing you by because you're not watching Insert Name Here. Catch us Wednesdays at 8 p.m. on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. And if you missed us, you can catch us on Friday on Spotify and Amazon. Yeah, obvious nonsense, gang, gang. Hyphen Podcast Squad, you never take us down. And all of these things. So, um, you know, I, I again, uh, as you all have said, um, it's gonna, it's individual. You're gonna start with, I think, a lot of education, but really helping someone to recognize what that why is, but then also explaining it in a way that makes sense. Like, yeah, I know I need to eat a fruit and vegetable. Why? <laughs> like, what is it doing in my, what is it gonna do to my blood sugar, right? Is it, how is it gonna help my blood sugars? How is it gonna help me lose weight? How is it gonna help me to um, bring my cholesterol down? How is it going to give me more energy? All explaining all of those things, I think, um, is helpful. So from the old, young to the, to the older person, um, even though our diets may change over time or we may not eat as much and things like that, it's still important in terms of giving us energy, in terms of helping us uh, feel good and having that um, sustained long, you know, uh, um, uh, habits, I guess, sustain some habits to hold on to, to, to help us with that longevity and that quality of life. Um, so it's, it's individual and it requires us maybe, ex, you know, at me explaining a little more um, and really trying to meet people where they are, which has also been said before. Um, Got to meet them where they're at. Yep. Thank you all for answering these tough questions on fitness. And I, I want to tell you all before we continue that I appreciate you guys taking your time and being here with us. Um, and this is going to hopefully enlighten not just the people who are here with us, but later on when it's posted online, other people who happen to listen to us. And we're hopefully going to be motivating more people to make their lifestyle changes a bit to be better, to become stronger, to become more fit. And it's mental fitness and physical fitness. And uh, in another conversation, we'll have spiritual fitness. So to go about that, we have to talk about this past year. This past year has been challenging, to say the least. There's been unemployment, depression, homelessness, drug addiction, all of it it's just an imbalance. So let's, uh, who wants to tell me, how did you keep your focus and then even encourage others to stay fit when finding that crutch was right there? Okay. 
I, I'll jump in. I'll chime in. Um, I think the way I was able to stay focused is what all the um, personal tra- certified personal trainers will say. It after all these years since 2015, it actually became a lifestyle. The the gym that I go to, they actually let me bring home the professional weight bench, the weights I needed, and I still train four days a week virtually. Um, in a way, it was a way. Since you took the gym stuff home, do you still pay for the gym or? Yeah, that was yes. Because we were still training, I was still paying. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So basically, what it did was, in the pandemic, of course, um, a lot of a lot of our panelists here probably work from home, but I was still out there working, so that kind of kept me busy. But on other days, when it, when the whole uh, city was shut down, I still had that hour to hour and a half where I could train in the basement and expel some energy, because I saw how mental health and addiction became such a over problem since the pandemic because you're home uh, let me have a drink okay three months later six months later next thing you know you're drinking every day um and sometimes people start to self-medicate so um self as of, as i again as the personal trainers would state once you get into that mindset it becomes a, it, it becomes a way of life so it, it just become a way of life where your personal being just says, hey, I want to keep doing this. And the only thing you had was outside or your basement. So that kept us motivated. But in terms of um, what was being seen, depression um, and suicide and addiction went up tremendously. People don't even realize just a lack of vitamin D increases depression by at least 10 to 20%. That's why even when this, when the pandemic wasn't around, most of suicides happen during the winter months because people are inside, working inside, and then I get enough vitamin D, which leads to depression. So besides the vitamin D also being part of the immune system, um, that was one of the major things that I saw uh, during that. And by staying motivated, uh, having that lifestyle, that kept me from falling into suit in terms of the situation of the pandemic. I'm going to jump in. Um, During the pandemic, I think for me, uh, first of all, when it happened, I was like, is this really happening? (laughs) You know, I I think we were, for me, I was just like, wow, could I even go outside? If I go outside, am I breathing in the air? Am I breathing in some toxic air? So for a while I stayed in, you know, um, we didn't, started working from home yet until, you know, the superintendent's like, okay, this is what we're going to do. But I think what kept me motivated, believe it or not, was these silly, they weren't silly, but these challenges on Instagram, right? So your friend would tag you to, okay, do 10 pushups or, or, or do this many sit-ups and whatnot. So I started off with the silly Instagram, you know, challenges. And then I was like, wait a minute, I have free weights in here. That's been collecting dust. I have, you know, these bands. I got a forest right across the street from me. Let me, you know, walk two, three miles, four miles, you know, every morning to kind of clear my mind, um, listening to music until, you know, I saw that coyote. So I stopped for a while. (laughs) (laughs) Nature said no. (laughs) You know, I, and it's funny because when I saw this coyote, you know, I'm like, damn, is he going to move or do I have to run? Like, who's going to make the move here? Because, you know, I'm not going all the way back around. (laughs) And so I 
the silliest thing ever. I started running towards this coyote and thank goodness he wasn't brolic enough to <laughs> charge at me. And so, cause I wasn't going all the way back around the world. But um, again, it started off with just challenges with my friends and um, you know, let's get together and, and let's work out or um, you know, posting our little videos and push-up challenges. And it, I think for me, it didn't really start hitting me on a, not necessarily depression, because depression is, you know, that clinical term. I wouldn't say it was clinical, but you, you get into this, um, I was in this vibe, this this thing where it's like, wow, I've been in here so like alone for a very long time. And yes, you could talk to people on the phone and, you know, you could do FaceTimes and Zooms, but again, you know, that that person to person, that that hug, that, you know, how you doing and seeing and, and you know, um, other people, after a while it starts to get to you. And so you have to get creative. Um, for me, I, you know, I started doing these uh, juice fast and cleansing and trying to, this is a perfect time for me to reset my body because, uh, you know, there's a point where, you know, I definitely indulged in the, the, the not so good vegan food, the processed, you know, foods and the junk and whatnot. So I took that opportunity to reset, you know, um, I know people talk about fasting, some people like it, some people don't. I needed that for me, for my body to reset, to, to, to try to get rid of all these, you know, chemicals that was in my body and um, try to retrain um, just try to refocus a little bit. So fasting was a big part for me. Um, just FaceTiming um, to stay in touch with people, um, even though it was, you know, it's the, not the traditional way, but that really helped, you know, as far as, uh, you know, addiction, I would say the only addiction I would have was to, to food. <laughs> um, you know, was to be, I couldn't tell you how many mangoes I posted on um, Instagram that I ate in, you know, throughout the days. But um, I, I think, again, for me, motivation is definitely a personal thing. You could sit here and, and try to motivate someone and you could call them every day, get up, let's work out, you know, eat right. But if, if they're not ready for it, you can't force mm. them. They'll, it'll just totally turn them off. And so, again, I believe in choices, personal choices, and, and that's what they have to have that, um, that, that willpower that, you know, they have to want to do it. And so that was my, my thing, fasting, walking and mangoes out and junk, and fasting, walking and mangoes, uh, brother Kennard with all of the people that you have to work with, how did you help them as well? Uh, keep their mentality fit or bring them to being mentally fit through this as well uh, because of the pandemic? Well, I'm a little bit different, so I want to apologize ahead of time if I offend anybody. Again, dungeon life is not, it's a state of being. It's a mindset. With all the folks who are out of shape during the pandemic, you're trying to tell me they were in shape prior to the pandemic? <laughs> so it's a real simple thing. Excuses are the tools of the incompetent, okay? If you're looking for an excuse, you will find an excuse. If you want to weigh in, it's like that little mouse. They look for a little crack, and I'm in there. You may have to modify what you do due to the reasoning of you can't be around everybody. So that social aspect kind of goes away. But it allows you to self-reflect. It allows you to see what your inner strength is really about. 
what can I do to better myself at this moment in time? Some people choose to become a social media bug. And yes, like my sister said, hey, there was challenges all over the place. I was, people challenging me up left and right. I said, man, listen, cut it out. But make it interesting to yourself, but make it for yourself. You know, we're so caught on, I couldn't do this because of this. How? My brother Evel said, listen, go to the stairs. You can't go outside, go to the stairs, open the door, go up and down the damn stairs 20 times, sorry. But you need to find a way to get into it. Don't look for a way to get out of it. So with the pandemic, unfortunately, yes, um, we as humans, we, we are social. We, we thrive off uh, the social activity as a whole. Um, but then sometimes it just comes down to the basic necessity of this. I have to save my own life. So, no, you knew drinking was bad. Don't start drinking like that. You drink something different. You knew eating the majority of the foods, but don't start it. So don't start it. You don't have to finish it. Don't start it. You don't have to change it. So for me, it's been a little bit different with my clientele. Um, I actually never had to really close down. We don't fit the full gym criteria of 50 people at a time or more. Um, and one of my clients actually owned a company um, who does the, the cleaning for the pandemic, which was great. So we, we, we were scared to, we shut down for a couple of days, but the point of the matter is during that time, everybody here on this panel, everybody watching us, you have a block where you live. You don't have to grab hands with nobody. You ain't got to do nothing. You take your dog, your cat, yourself, your headphones, and you walk. Evel said walk. You don't got to run no marathon, but you need to walk. And you make that the habit. Not the habit of sitting down, picking up the remote control. Now one arm is bigger than the other because all you're doing is flipping channels. You have to find a way to say, this is how I'm doing it now. So what's next after COVID? Whatever's next, you're going to find that as an excuse to not to be in shape. It's not going to work for you. So get rid of the excuses and start finding your way in. One step, one day at a time. That's what we did, and that's what we're still doing. Nice, nice. That hard up mentality, right tough love. Can I add to that? I'd, I'd like to add to that. I totally mm -hmm. agree. And um, in thinking about this question, I, I was inspired by my family because my sister and my mom would get up and go walk every single day, mm. every day in the evening for a couple hours and come back. I had my brothers who were... Um, my brother and his um, girlfriend trying out different dishes and trying vegan and trying vegetarian. Um, my mom would put on, uh, I'm putting my mom out there, but my mom was, would put on a little music literally and just be in the room mm. stepping, in, literally just one foot up, down, up, down, mm -hmm. you know, and she found that her sleep was better, um, you know, that she had more energy just really, and I tell, I tell people that all the time as well. I said, incorporate it into your day. It doesn't have to be anything fancy. I ride my bike uh, to work and downhill, phew, I'm there in like 15 minutes. When I go back, it's all uphill, <laughs> which is very difficult, right? And I could make the excuse, and actually I'll tell you a short story quickly. Uh, talking with one of my colleagues, you know, I'm, we're getting ready to go home for the day. And uh, I'm like, you know what? 
I'm thinking my, in my head, I'm like, all right, dang, I know I got to go up the hill. Oh God, I have to do this, right? And then I said, you know what? I'm going to go the other way because I'm going to get a better workout in. Lies, I lied to myself. And as I was walking out of the door, I, was, I said to myself, now why do you, you don't want to go that, uh, the other way because you want to work out more. You want to go the other way because you don't want to go up the hill. <laughs> so on my way back, I got on the bike and I decided to go up the hill because I said, I don't want to be lying to myself. Um, and I made it up the hill, big deal. It was just, you, you know, 15, 20 minutes of a little hard work, but I, I did it, right? And so it doesn't have to be anything major. You mentioned it, uh, get off a couple stops before your work, walk the rest of the way. You know, there's so many ways that we can make this work, put on some music and dance in your, you know, your, your place or whatever, do five pushups a day until you could do 10 or whatever it is, you know, so it's possible. You know, those challenges changed a lot of people's lives for the positives and uh, I'm not gonna take it away, but I do get that um, you guys are all about making sure that we're doing it, uh, we're doing it not voluntarily, not because we're being pressured to, but because we are, we're making that decision. Whether it's what we eat, or to get up and just walk our walk a few blocks, just get up and do it, and not have the hold your holding yourself accountable. Like uh, Mr. Kennard is uh, uh, gently walking around. He's like tiptoeing around. You have to hold yourself responsible for all of what you do, intake and output. So the next part of our uh, thing is a little light. What's your daily workout look like? What is your daily routine? Excuse me, not just workout. What's your daily routine look like? And, and let and uh, we can keep it light. We can make it short. Let's start. Hello, and welcome to Movie Phone. From the minds that brought you, it's like a podcast or whatever, hyphen nation, and all other hyphen podcast group productions. We are proud to present We Should Do This Again Sometime with Kat Chinetti and the Mark Rob. There's action, adventure, comedy, and danger. If you like movies, then this is for you. We Should Do This Again Sometime is rated PG-13 for language and some thematic elements. Get your tickets wherever you get your podcast. Goodbye. With uh, Mr. Joseph, though. Okay, so what's the daily workout look like? I was hoping to add it to the last uh, Oh, question, oh I'm, I'm sorry. Actually, you, you definitely can. If you feel you got something to throw in. Well, f- actually, I'm, I'm going to spin my daily workout to the last question. Mm-hmm. Um, so, again, we're talking about the pandemic. And I look at it this way. I mean, I think I appreciate what DeAndre said as well as uh, Shellyanne. Uh, and Christine. Uh, but when um, when Terry started off at the beginning, the pandemic hit a lot of people mentally. It hit a, lot, hit a lot of people emotionally. Okay. So when we look at fitness, we're looking at the physical action of doing things. And when the pandemic first started, at least for me, after that first week of vacation, I looked at it as a week of vacation because we're like, okay, well, athletic centers are closed. Businesses are closed. What now? So automatically, I pivoted back to what I know best. Um, I'm outside. So although we're all bottled up inside wondering what we're going to do, I'm out going for walks at the Arboretum. 
uh, I found different ways to tackle the different um, reservoirs in the greater Boston area. I'm driving out to places like Braintree, Brockton, Newton, uh, what have you, because I'm, wa I'm walking places where there's not a lot of people. So for me, part of my daily activities became either going for walks, I would go for jogs. Um, I'm an avid cyclist, so I'm, I'm pulling out my mountain bike. I'm finding, you know, ways to get out there and keep myself active. And all those these are very cardiovascular based. But I did try to incorporate other people into this. So sometimes I'm posting like a quick little message, you know, be well, look alive, you know, get out there, find the thing that makes you move, find the thing that makes you happy within your own little space. So I, I, I found a way to incorporate um, adding that into my social media. And it's not because I wanted to see for people to see what I'm doing. That's so great. It's just that I think people needed a certain level of hope that we can, we can do things. Okay. Uh, if Evel is doing this, then you know what? And he's showing us how to do it safely. And by no means why I want to put anybody in harm's way, but, but it was very important for me to be able to get out and, and get fresh air and not always be masked up. Now I know at times I would put some of these challenges out. And it's not that I needed for everyone to try to knock out 50 push-ups or 20 push-ups, but it, I think it motivated people. So one perspective I look at is the mental health, because I had a lot of my clients um, who found themselves not active at all, and they were looking for something. So whether you're on social media, which some people weren't on social media, they're like, well, what do I do? And I think this is how we, we try to show hope and guide people along the way. So some of the challenges were helpful to some. Now, I have a good amount of senior clients that I work with that are 60s and over. And for a lot of them who are now on social media, I'd have to pick up a call, pick up the phone and actually call them and say, hey, you know what? I want you to go outside and safely walk 10 minutes, safely walk 15 minutes. OK, when you get back inside, I want you, you know, as we're saying, walk up and down the stairs, keep their mobility. So I had to find ways to challenge them because a lot of people were really impacted mentally because they're like, okay, mental health. I mean, what do I do? So I really had to kick into life coaching mode where I really had to help people focus on, let's set some goals. Let's set some healthy habits like exercise, eating healthy, drinking, hydrating, not just alcohol, hydrating on water, you know, getting enough sleep because when we're binging on Netflix all night long, we're not sleeping. Right. And then meditating. So there's a lot of things that, you know, I made sure I started doing right away to keep myself together because a lot of us are trainers, coaches, you know, specialists in our own fields. And if we're not doing these things or showing how it can be done, then how are other people doing it? Mm -hmm. So I look at it again. DeAndre summed it up, too. If we're doing what we have to do, nothing should change. I look at my fitness. My fitness, I don't think, has gone any lower or I should say even any higher in uh, the pandemic because I stay consistent with my activities. Now, I don't want to sound smug or anything. You know, I got to say I haven't been in the weight room, but I have tackled a whole lot of hills, blue hills, hikes, because it was important that I stay and keep myself active. So I'd love to hear what you guys have been doing. Keep yourself, you know, active and fit. Um, that's a great question. So uh, my, my story is um, my story is when the pandemic hit, um, I was teaching uh, three classes a week. Uh, my Saturday classes were, um, you know, pretty 
pretty packed. I think the last Saturday that before shutdown, there were 60 people in the class. And uh, wow. demographic was from young 20s to about 70, right? And it was just all types of body types. Then a pandemic hit. Um, people didn't have access to my class. So um, the wake up call for me was I practice yoga, I go to the gym, I lift. Um, I was on my way to do another show. Um, and so no gym and I had to go online. And people were asking me, hey, you know, you're gonna do a class. Some people reached out to me and I was trying to figure it out. And after about a month, I figured it out and I started doing online classes. That was my wake-up call to how how much in shape I was, what level of shape, if you will, I was. Because mm -hmm. not only did I have to practice, I had to teach while I'm practicing. And anyone knows that's been running and someone starts that, you don't like to talk while you're moving. But I had to talk and move at the same time, do the demonstrations, and it was like it, it was a shock to my system because generally speaking i'm just if i practice I'm not talking I'm not giving commands and so that was a wake-up call for me in in my practice my overall practice so now when i when i'm practicing i'm actually teaching as if i'm in front of people and so that has helped me um and the other part was I started getting up. I'm not, I'm a night owl. I just don't like, I've never liked winter workouts, football. I despised it. But for whatever reason, the shift has allowed me to actually get up early, go to the gym. I go to the gym now and then I'll come back and I'll, I'll practice later. But the first thing I do is actually meditate. I sit and I meditate. I'm quiet. I listen to my, you know, listen to my breath, because what I find is that people are are scared of their own energy, and they don't know how to sometimes just quiet the mind, and that's the mental health part of it. And if you can, if you can get to a point where just actually sitting and tell people, I, I. For all my classes, I start off five-minute meditation. Just quiet. Just be quiet. You know, listen to yourself breathe. That in itself has helped a lot of people. You know, they don't they don't necessarily they try to, to quantify it in their in their head and they say, get out of your mind, let the thoughts pass, and just listen to yourself breathe. Mm -hmm. You know, if you go out for a walk, don't you don't no music. Just just listen to your breath. Listen to nature. You know, don't let anything else external distract you from what you're doing. And I think that's something that it, it becomes lost. And people are afraid of just being quiet, being silent. But they don't understand how, how much of a benefit it is to just kind of navigating their way through the physical aspect of it thing thoughts become clear you know things start to to open up for you 
and and for me, and I'm actually going to I've started back my training regimen um, to do another show. So that that part of it is my own internal challenge, my own goal. Um, I believe that some of the challenges, you know, competition breeds excellence, and some people look for that. And we're oh, a hundred, you know, a hundred push-up challenge. Okay, you know that that kind of that gives them that spark. But for me, it's it's just been for just been being able to just be fit, be healthy, be fit, be able to get it back on the stage, um, and do one last show so that um, you know my son is you know now can say oh okay, that is on. I see him. Because he doesn't remember the last time I did one, because he was probably like five. But now to be able to do one and and have him see exactly what has to go on and all the entails as far as the, the the physical, about the eating and the mental aspects of it, can give him the motivation. And now he actually sees a you know a healthy example on when I tell him. He, you need to eat your greens, <laughs> you know, you gotta eat your vegetables. Like, you know, let's not shy away from that. So that's, that's been where I've been at. Thank you, Mr. Williams. Um, we, we have a, uh, we have a question from the audience as well. Uh, are, are, you, are you still there? Are you still there? Yes, I am. Thank you very much. First, I want to say thank you um, to everyone on this panel for this conversation. It's very important, um, very motivational for me. And to say thank you to Coach Eval for the invitation. Um, I originally had a lot of comments, but I also have questions. So I'm just going to keep it in the interest of time. Just ask my two questions. My first question is, what is the difference between vegan and vegetarian? and whether plant-based falls under vegan or if it falls under vegetarian. So just a clarification on the difference. And then my second question is about the numbers. Um, how important is BMI? How important is weight versus how you actually feel? Is it really about the weight or is it about how you feel? Are you breathing normally when you walk or go up the stairs? Um, and then I've heard about like with BMI, it's not really accurate because if, if um, you know, stereotype is if you go by BMI, then all African-Americans are overweight based on that number. So I think my question is about the numbers. What is BMI? How important is that versus weight and versus how you actually feel when you're moving day to day? Those are my two questions. I mean, I, I feel great as a fat guy, so, <laughs> but the BMI is horrible. Yeah. So just to answer your question, so vegan, to me, it's, it's an entire lifestyle within itself, right? So I don't consider myself vegan. I think for people, the most, e the easiest thing to say is, yes, I'm vegan for them to understand, like, I don't eat meat, right? But I'm a plant-based eater because as a, you know, vegan, veganism is an entire movement. Um, I would have to get rid of my bags, my shoes. Um, like all these things, right. That are, that came from an animal. Um, and so I'm a plant-based eater. And so you're anything that comes from a plant is what I consume. So people will say, well, do you eat eggs? It's not a plant. I don't eat eggs. 
Um, I don't eat cheese, dairy, none of that stuff. So vegan is, is, is a movement. It's a, it's a lifestyle. It's, you know, some people say, well, I'm vegan for the animals, you know, whatever um, that would cause harm to an animal, not just consuming it, but how we treat animals and how we, we raise animals and the farming and all that stuff. And so that is an entire movement where plant-based, you're more focused on eating plant-based foods, things that come from plants, things that come from the trees. And, you know, people would always make fun and say, hey, what are you eating today for lunch? Grass? Hey, if I have to, I have to, right? But again, the whole veganism is, is it's, a, it's an entire lifestyle, it's an entire movement. I wouldn't consider myself um, fully vegan is what people understand. So if I say I'm a plant-based eater, I get all these different questions that are totally irrelevant as far as eggs and do you eat fish and plant-based think plants, but vegan is, is, is a whole, um, movement. It's, it's about agriculture. It's about, um, just in general, hum, human nature and, um, you know, questioning how we actually, um, raise, you know, how do we farm and, and the impact that it has on the environment. So it's not only... My daddy's podcast is called Hyphenation. It's the world's greatest podcast. Barack Obama proved. On Hyphenation, my daddy talks about all kinds of cool things. And sometimes I'm on the podcast too. Sometimes he has his friend Marcus on. Sometimes he stays up really late and he's tired the next day. But it's worth it. But you love this podcast. And I love his podcast. So I really want you to listen to Hyphenation. So Daddy doesn't get sad. He really doesn't get sad, though, because he has me. All right, please listen to Hyphenation. Thanks, y'all. I love the podcast. So please, please, please try to join. But if you know him. Perfect. Thank you. Can we hear it now? Um, a nutritional lifestyle is also um, a holistic, um, humanistic movement of treating the world better and, and the people that's in it and the animals that in it, that's in it. Um, so it's an entire movement and that's, that's the difference. And again, you know, plant-based vegan um, eating is anything that comes from a plant is considered good. Um, and unfortunately, even if it's synthetic, you know, as long as it's not um, it, as long as it doesn't cause harm to an animal. Um, so that's where you have, you know, your vegan junk, you may have, you know, synthetic um, and man-made meats. Uh, you have, some people are like, well, soy is bad. And, you know, soy is not bad. Um, I guess it depends on your perception. And, you know, soy could be okay for women, but not okay for men because it affects their libido or what have you. Um, and so, Again, think plant-based, anything that comes from a plant. Veganism is, is pretty much plant-based, but it's an entire movement within itself. And I hope that clarifies. Um, and so how does vegetarian play oh, into this? So vegetarian for me doesn't play into it because they, you know, most vegetarians, they eat, you know, they consume dairy, which comes from an animal. You know, you have milk, you have cheese, you have eggs. Those things come from, you know, uh, a cow or a goat. Um, whichever animal you choose. But um, again, vegetarianism to me is, it's not something, you know, people say, well, why did you just jump from, you know, just being a meat eater to vegan? Why didn't you tap into becoming a vegetarian? Um, for most people, dairy wreaks havoc 
on your system for most people, not all people. Um, and I felt that dairy was a major part of wreaking havoc on my system. Um, I, I didn't consider, I wasn't, you know, diagnosed or considered lactose intolerant, but I realized when I consumed cheese or, uh, or certain items, it just did not do well um, for my body. And so um, vegetarianism, they still, you know, will eat cheese or milk. And then you have pescatarian, which is the seafood and the fish. I just wanted to get rid of it all. Um, I'm a little baby. Anything that makes me feel um, nauseous or makes me, you know, just feel sick, I'm done with it. And, and sometimes I wish I could um, train my mind to, to be like that with other things in my life. But um, specifically with food, if it makes me feel terrible, I don't want it. Um, so I hope that helps. That does. And if we can throw the BMI question towards uh, Dr. Desir. Okay. In terms of the basal metabolic index. Um, oh, that's what BMI stands for. Yeah, basal metabolic index. And it's actually um, how you derive it. You get a person's height and weight and you change it into uh, the metric system and you multiply it by the index and you get your BMI. Typically, any BMI that's greater than 30 is considered bad. So, um, so typically, people who are well-trained athletes, like um, um, all our certified um, personal trainers, um, but especially um, um, Brother Williams, who is about to compete for a bodybuilding competition, typically, they try to get their BMI down under single digits. And that's usually a person who's eaten very lean, very clean and is also increasing their cardiac, their, their cardiac um, aerobic um, exercise along with the weight training. So um, when, in terms of the BMI, it is important in terms of knowing what it is in terms of what your goals are. So typically um, the certified trainers will attest to this. And when you first go into the gym, the even after you've trained a little bit, the first thing your trainer will do is get your BMI and get your weight and see where you are. And then you start to work from there. So it is an important um, index in terms of medicine. BMIs that are usually greater than 30, most of those patients do run the risk for diabetes, hypertension, uh, dyslipidemia, and um, very unhealthy um, and typically it usually has to do a lot with, with the high amount of carbs. Carbs are not bad. It's just that, um, for instance, um, my family is West Indian. Um, they eat very healthy rice, beans, um, plantains and all, and all those things. But the thing is some meals will have rice, plantains, beans, potatoes, and that's a way too many carbs because whatever carbs you don't use as energy, it turns into stored fat. So those type of things usually increase a person's BMI. So I think part of my struggle is that from conversations with other individuals is um, specifically when you go to your annual physical and the doctor says your BMI is too high or et cetera. So I guess my, my challenge is based on based on what is that based on you oh. know not not like is that like is that the standard for 
stereotypically a petite white woman versus an African-American woman versus an Asian woman? Like, what is, like, what's the guideline to say that your BMI is too high, comparatively speaking, to someone else? And then just adding on the, the weight aspect, the actual number on the scale. Very good question. The um, studies, different, um, different, um, different studies have shown that African-American bone density is a lot heavier than our counterparts. So, but the thing is, the BMI in the, in the height and the weight and that conversion is, is, the, is based on basically a European aspect. And, but that is, the, that is the standard. That is what is used as the standard. So now your BMI is based on how much residual adipose, well, we could say fat that, you're, that you have versus lean muscle. So in terms of that, when you, the, the way that, that um, you know, we, they, like a trainer will have, they have a machine where you stand on it, it gets your weight and you hold on to the machine. It also gets your visceral fat because um, you do need some amount of fat. So it measures your visceral fat and that may be too much. But the thing is, it is as you know, to answer, to really answer your question, it is based on a standard and it, it may fluctuate based on height, just like they'll say, what's your ideal weight? And your ideal weight is based on, they have like, let's say you're five, six, they have a small frame, medium frame, and a heavy frame. And you may range from 150 to 160 being a certain height and weight, but that's the standard based on a European um, standard formula that, that is the standard in medicine. And, and I'll also add that um, for the BMI, it oftentimes, um, you know, like the doctor just mentioned, um, there's that those different sort of frames. But in the uh, in the clinical setting is uh, where I am right now, we look at that, but we also look at what else is going on. So if you're going to your doctor's office and they're giving you a BMI of 30. Like he said, right, that might um, put you at higher risk for some of these other metabolic diseases, right? Like uh, you have um, diabetes or hypertension or um, some of these other chronic conditions, heart disease. Um, but we also wanna take a look at what's your blood sugar look like, right? Do you have hypertension? Do you have any under underlying conditions? Are there other things going on? that might further exacerbate or complicate your health. So the BMI is one indicator to tell you that, okay, maybe you might be a little bit overweight based on the standard um, that they've uh, measured based on this European um, Euro Eurocentric um, research. But again, just because the doctor tell, I don't think it's a perfect, it's not a perfect measure. Um, we have to look at that in conjunction with everything else that's going on with a person to say, what is your health like? Um, and, it, you know, it's not just your BMI and you're, you're not health, you know, healthy. And I don't think that that's what you're, you were saying, um, doctor, but, you know, it's, it's important to keep into in, perspective what that BMI means in terms of your health, in terms of, you know, each individual's health and what's going on with them. Because, yeah, because to piggyback on that, you'll realize when you apply for your life insurance policy, they want your BMI, 
They want your hemoglobin A1C. They want your total cholesterol level and your blood pressure besides the HIV test. Because what it is is, even if your hemoglobin A1C is under 6.5, which under six, which shows that you're not at risk for diabetes, even if your blood pressure is normal, but if your BMI is 35, 34, your policy will significantly increase because you have a risk of possible coronary artery disease, even though your numbers may be normal. So the BMI can affect you in certain ways, but typically if all your numbers in terms of labs are within normal limits, the BMI is a way of trying to make you healthier for the future because it can lead to predisposing disease. So I'd like to piggyback off that, Christine and um, Marie, and just say, listen, I've been told, you know, your BMI is high. You need to lose weight. You need to do that. I can sit here. I'm a comedian when it comes to being with, you know, professionals and I respect them all. I, you know, I would say, well, what part of my body, body's BMI is, you know, high or whatever. But I say, you know, if, if you're eating, um, you know, healthy, if you're taking care of yourself, if you're, you know, you don't have high cholesterol, you don't have high blood pressure, you don't have any of these, you know, um, underlying issues, um, as, you know, Christine stated, um, I say, just focus on, you know, just trying to be fit your, you know, to your level or whatever makes you feel comfortable, um, and, and live, (laughs) you know, you can't necessarily take that as, um, for some people take it as a, a, a sentence to be like, oh my God, I'm so overweight. And then you get into the whole depression thing and whatnot, whatever makes your body feel good, and whatever makes you feel healthy, and this is just my personal opinion, um, as long as, again, as um, Dr. Desire said, if, you're, if your labs are good, you're feeling good, uh, who cares about the BMI? That's just my thing. As long as you feel good, you're able to, to move, you're, you, know, you can exercise, you can eat well, you feel well. Um, I don't know. That's just, that's just me. I appreciate that one because I feel fine right now. But, <laughs> but as uh, we've all stressed, we're all trying to uh, be in that better, or excuse me, not you guys. You guys are are like the infinity stones gathered together right now. Um, but I am trying to get into a better lifestyle. And I know my wife and I are struggling through it. We can do better. And you guys have given me so much insight. And I'm hoping a lot of the people who are listening are going to be getting the same thing. The insight, the uh, straight up ass kicking that DeAndre is welcoming me to. And, um, you know, the, the awareness. And I want to close this out by having you guys uh, verbally, because in the chat, we're going to have it listed so that I can put it into the closing notes. But I want you to tell us, tell everyone who's listening, who's watching, where we can find you. Let's start with uh, Christine. Um, so right now, you guys can find me at um, can't talk mouthful at Gmail. I'll put it in the chat um, as well. That's where you can find me. <laughs> Thank you, Christine. Sure. Uh, Dr. Desir, uh, if we're not being carted off to you, how can we find you? Well, I'm uh, <laughs> hopefully not. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm actually, I'm, I'm based in, I reside in Michigan. Uh, so do um, 
have um, a practice here in Michigan, in Belleville, Michigan. And we recently, because actually, because of the pandemic, just opened up um, a substance abuse center and a mental, a behavioral mental health center as well. And they're both based in um, Detroit, Michigan. I, I've got a couple friends out in Detroit, so they would love to hear from you and uh, catch up with you and make sure that they're leading their life in the better direction. And uh, I'll put my email on, on, on the thread as well. Thank you very much. Mr. Williams, I want to know, are you doing yoga through, uh, through Zoom, but also how can other people catch you? Uh, yes. So Mondays and Thursdays, um, I, I teach uh, in class and online. So I stream my classes uh, from the gym, uh, LA Fitness, um, uh, through Grace Gold Yoga uh, on uh, IG. And uh, I do Zoom on Saturdays. And you would have to, to uh, connect with me through Facebook or or IG to get that information. And that's only because I do Zoom because I like to go a little bit longer uh, than the, the prescribed hour. Mm -hmm. And uh, Zoom gives me that ability to do that for my Saturday classes. And I'm not, I don't have to adhere to the, the one hour rule for, for uh, Instagram. So um, that's the reason for, for doing Zoom. In, in, in many cases, um, as we start to open back up, uh, there's been requests um, from some of my other colleagues to, to come and do uh, outdoor yoga sessions. Mm -hmm. And so uh, generally speaking, I liked my ideal time frame for doing a class is 75 minutes, uh, but I'm able to tailor my classes from 45 minutes to about 90 minutes, depending on um, what people would like to have. Awesome. And again, thank you for your time. Shelian, how can uh, we get in contact with you? Yes, um, I actually dropped my email in the thread. Um, I'm, if you have any questions about, you know, um, transition into a plant-based um, lifestyle or, you know, any questions in general, you could email me. Um, again, it's in the thread. I half of the, listen, half of the time I'm so busy between full-time, you know, assistant principal and entrepreneur and this and that. Just email me. That's the best way to get in touch with me. I'm very um, good with replying to emails. And again, thank you for all that you do as a teacher. Also, doc, uh, Dr. Desir, thank you for being one of our frontline workers out there um, and saving lives. Oh, oh, you know what? That's 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 definitely appreciated. Sometimes, um, you know, it, it, it's like just as being a teacher, a trainer, a dietitian, mm -hmm. you do it, and it's you just look at it as your job, but you don't even. Um, Think about the, you know, when somebody tells you thank you for what you're doing, it it it, it kind of takes you back because that's something that you hear all the time because it's expected because it's your job. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. we're we're saving the uh, the we're we're saving DeAndre. We're saving you for last because I I may just have to throw up the bat signal and come find you, DeAndre. 
Where can the, the rest of make, The Andre yeah. might make you make do some push-ups and burpees right now. <laughs> yeah. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling the the antagonist. You gotta be you you've gotta be an evil person one day. You gotta do it. Just yell at everybody outside and like get outside, come run with me. So let me ask you this though. Yeah. Is it is it being evil or is it saying something that you need to already say to yourself? Is it both? Yes. You tell me. Sometimes it's just you can't sugarcoat it. You just gotta go for it. Listen, if we're going Sometimes to talk about like fan theories, we know that uh, Thanos, Thanos, was the, <laughs> Thanos was the hero of the Marvel Universe. Uh, all right. Well, um, as far as I go, it's it's Dungeon Life Athletics, LLC. We're out of Boston. Um, 617-307-4411 is our business line. Uh, we're found on Facebook, Instagram, or Dungeon Life Athletics at yahoo.com. Um I can be reached at any time. It doesn't matter. Uh, I'm willing to help whoever I can help. That's why I'm here. That's why I'm alive. And I'm going to do it until I'm not here anymore. I want to add one thing to my folks of color that we don't often speak of. And that is um, using aquatics uh, because a lot of us don't swim. So we assume that because we don't swim, we can't use the water for our fitness act activity. Um, I am a certified aquatics instructor and swim coach, and it's not something that a lot of us talk about in Boston, but, you know, um, I have one of our, our well-known trainers in Boston who, 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 unfortunately, she doesn't swim, but she does so many other things, you know, in, in the city, and, and just, just to realize, we do not realize how much the water, and I'm not talking about quote-unquote aerobics, no disrespect to anybody who does that. I'm talking about true activity in the water. It's one of the best things you can do for your joints. It gets your heart rate up. You are sweating and you don't realize it. You need to stay hydrated in the water as well. But you you come out of there, and I'm telling you, you sleep like a baby because all your muscles are working, not just some of them. All of them, especially that most important one, and that's getting that heart rate up and going. So, you know, I implore people, it's not so much coming towards me, but invest some time into looking into some water activities. Um, my brother Williams, uh, brother Williams there, you know, he he's a bodybuilder. We train bodybuilders as well. We get them in the water because all those muscles start cutting up, and you don't realize how much you have to endure. So it doesn't matter what level you're on. Um, you know, it's just something I want my folks to think about because it's not something we often talk about. Mm. Amen to that. And uh, speaking of talking and walking, Brother Joseph, you're making people do the t do the walking after they've done all the talking. <laughs> but let's hear you tell us where they can find you. So again, my company's name is Performance Fitness and Training, but we go by the abbreviated PFIT Coaches. So you could find us on the web, pfitcoaches.com, via email, contact at pfitcoaches.com. Or you find me on IG at coachevel underscore pfitcoaches. And again, uh, welcome to call us, uh, reach us, reach out to us via uh, email, and uh, we're certainly. Uh, you know, accept consultations towards how do we improve your lifestyle and how do we help you set the right lifestyle goals to achieve those lifestyle goals. 
Excellent. Excellent. I'm telling you, you know, one of the things I was thinking of, uh, uh, Mike, is that, uh, and I was just a part of this last week, was that I was in a workshop where that um, for every, I think every 10 minutes, um, based on the schedule, you're able to jump into another Zoom that starts um, every 10 minutes. So meaning, for example, um, and it was unrelated, but I'm just thinking, and I don't even know if it happens via uh, on the um, fitness tip, but um, seeing if you're able to, and even with nutrition, seeing if you're able to jump into different Zoom links and, and get a piece out of everybody, right? Where that it can be somewhere down the line, you know, from uh, performance fitness to Dungeon Live to Dr. Desir to, you know, uh, Mr. Williams to, you know, and the list goes on and on from, you know, Ms. Radia to Ms. Sinclair and, um, Seeing, you know, we can talk about that later. I know our, our time has drawn nigh um, and, and it has gone past what we even anticipated. We thought about an hour and a half, right, Mike? Yeah, we, we did. But uh, you know how it is when you start getting a lot of good information flowing. It just can't stop. Oh, yeah. Just oh, yeah. Can't stop. But, and, and, but, the, but we, I also want to thank our participants. There's, there's so many people who hung on with us as well. Yeah. And no, thank no, you definitely. all for listening. Yes, 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 yes. Um, round of applause to you all. You know, as you heard, you're hearing, you know, um, all types of advice recommendations from out in uh, Michigan. You have Connecticut, you have New York, you have Boston. I mean, this isn't, this isn't just one centralized place. It's almost East Coast, West Coast, bad boy, come on. You know, we got everything happening right now. So uh, we definitely, again, too, appreciate their time. Yep. Yep. And thank you all again for being a part of this. And this is a Frankie fabulous production. <laughs> thank you all for being a part of the soapbox and we are stopping the recording. Powered by ML. Where's my record button. This, this is, is a hyphen podcast production. Are you not entertained? <laughs>